Now that it is starting to warm up outside, I feel like these warmer, sunnier days, they're just like calling to me. I want to be outside. I want to be busy. I want to be doing things. And I am so glad that when I'm feeling that energy and I want to go and do that I have factor right there in my fridge so that I don't have to worry about tons of prep for food, big messy meals. I don't have to think about like, oh, what am I going to feed myself this week. It's all done for me with Factor. And thanks to Factor's fresh, never frozen meals that are dietitian approved, they're just ready to eat in two minutes. So no matter how busy I get, no matter what the kids have going on, no matter what is on the calendar this spring and summer, I have nutritious, great tasting meals ready to go. And with over 35 different meals and more than 60 add-ons to choose from every week, you'll always have new flavors to explore. I've been loving those add-ons personally. Like you have everything from breakfast to dessert and you can stay fueled with these easy nutritious options you all know my husband likes to take them into the hospital i like them for those busy days where i'm on the go with the kids and i can treat myself to these restaurant quality meals in just two minutes and we're talking really great ingredients here like blackened salmon yes please and all of that without shopping prepping cooking or cleaning up so head to factormeals.com in minutes 50 and use code in minutes 50 to get 50 percent off your first box plus 20 percent off your next month that's code in minutes 50 at factormeals.com slash in minutes 50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. Hello, everyone. Welcome to this freeform episode of the Mindful in Minutes podcast. So today what I thought we would do is just like have a little chat, which I know is like what podcasting is and is supposed to be like. But, you know, usually I have like my notes and we're talking about like the brain or a meditation style or whatever it is. And I realized I never really talked about my personal journey and like how one becomes a meditation teacher. Because this is something like when people hear what I do and I'm like, oh, I'm, you know, a meditation teacher. I run a meditation school or I run a yoga and meditation school. Like People are like, oh, how did you get into that? Like, how do you start doing that? And it's a question that I get all the time, but I've never really talked about it here. And recently I did like a full revamp and like overhaul of my meditation teacher training, like the one that I offer. Um, I added a lot more to the curriculum and I wanted to talk about not in like a, you know, a salesy way, like guys come train with like, not like that, but I wanted to actually go through that particular course to talk about like why designed it that way? Because I think that you can learn so much about a teacher when you look at what they're designing, because I think it really speaks to like their own teaching philosophy, like what they feel like is important and relevant. And when I was doing this revamp, I was like, oh my gosh, I, it just, I felt like I was holding a mirror up to my little teaching soul and looking into it being like, what do I think is important? Or like, if I'm going to help someone become a meditation teacher, and I'm going to create a course that someone can take, like, what does someone need to know in order to become a meditation teacher and to be able to serve their students? So I wanted to really explore that, like my personal teaching philosophy, because every meditation teacher does it a little bit differently, which I think is great. I love that we all do it a little bit differently, that we can be, you know, 
fluid and kind of have our own particular style. And so I want to talk about kind of what my particular style is, um, how I became a meditation teacher, like what steps I took um, to be doing what I'm doing, and then why I felt like it was important to create my own course and what I included in that and why, basically. So my own personal journey and how I became a meditation teacher, I didn't have like one like course or one training. Basically, you know, spoiler alert, but the reason I created my now 40-hour online meditation teacher training was because I wanted to create what I was looking for and what I needed when when I wanted to start teaching meditation. And this was, I mean, at this point, this was almost 10 years ago. So, you know, meditation wasn't, I don't know, cool isn't the right word, but it wasn't like now where you can just go on social media or you can listen to a podcast or you can, you know, pick up any book or watch like documentaries. There wasn't nearly as much information out and easily accessible about meditation, but specifically how to teach meditation. So my first introduction around teaching meditation was in my first 200-hour yoga teacher training, and I found that this is so common. Any of my other yoga teachers out there, I imagine a lot of you can relate to this. But we talked about meditation. We did some meditation. I practiced it. But like no one really taught me how do I share that? And the thing that's hard about, you know, a 200-hour yoga teacher training, which that's not, you know, what this is necessarily about, but it really is just a kind of scratch the surface. Like 200 hours sounds like so much, but when you're looking at like the full like depth of like the practice of yoga and what that means, 200 hours is just like a drop in the bucket. So meditation was a piece of that because as we know, if you um, subscribe to the eight limb path or the eight fold path of yoga. One of those limbs is meditation. So for my yoga teachers out there, I know you probably heard about meditation and learned a little bit about it, maybe a couple hours in your yoga teacher training, but definitely not enough where I felt like I could teach this or I could have like a meditation class. Um, I kind of just learned like a little bit about like what it is and like what the benefits are. And like a couple little techniques that I could try. And it was enough to just kind of dip my toe in and be like, oh, that's interesting. But then I didn't do a ton with it. Then I started to, and you guys can listen back to the, um, it's called Twim and the Monks, I think is that episode. Um, I know you guys like it because it seems like a lot of people have listened to that one. But I found that I just, I was really struggling to learn more about meditation. And this is kind of fast forwarding a couple of years, but this is when I was teaching a lot when I was in Missouri and I had students that were asking about it. Like I was really intrigued by it. And I've always felt like as a teacher, I've, I feel really strongly even to this day about two things. One is that I can't teach anything that I don't know. Um, teaching for me is a really personal practice. Like if I don't know a thing or I don't feel like I know enough where I can, you know, like I have a good handle on it, I'm not going to teach it because if I don't have two feet kind of solidly on ground, I'm not, 
you know, going to be like, okay, now here's how you do it or let's do this. Like I like to feel like I have a firm grasp on something and that I at least, you know, get it before I start teaching it. I just feel like that's just for me. I feel like that's a responsible thing to do. Another thing just with my personal teaching philosophy I feel really strongly about is that there's no like one size fits all approach to meditation or yoga and that it's our job as teachers or it's my job as a teacher to meet my students where they're at and to provide tools for their toolbox that then they can utilize. So I think it's fine if a teacher is walking the same path as their students. Like for example, maybe we're all walking the same meditation path. And for me, like a teacher is someone who is walking that path, but is maybe, you know, a bit farther ahead on the path who can look behind them and help give tools and suggestions and tips or whatever it is to the people who are on that path, but are farther behind you. So you basically can use like hindsight and the things you've acquired on that journey to then look behind you and make the journey for others a little bit easier, a little bit clearer, and, you know, more clear cut. So I don't, and I don't think, you know, if we're using this analogy of like, you know, walking a path or taking a journey, I don't think that there's, it's not like GPS where it'll be like, you start at point A, you turn here, you turn there, you turn there, and you'll get to point B. Like there's many different routes that you can take, which is why I feel really strongly about. And when I talk about when I design my own course, you'll hear me talk about all these different styles of meditation. For me, my personal philosophy is that I think it is important to, at least for the teaching that I do, to take a lot of different styles. So if there, you know, if I hear about a new style of meditation that I haven't heard before, a new technique, I'm like, well, that's fascinating. I want to learn about that immediately because I like to think of it as like acquiring these different skills or acquiring these different tools for my toolbox because I'll never know or I may never know when I might come across a student who needs like that particular tool. And if I haven't collected it already and I don't know, you know, how what that tool is or how to use it, it's useless to me as a teacher. And so I love learning about so many different styles. So instead of really trying to like master like one particular style, which a lot of teachers do, which is amazing. I mean, when I had my first real meditation experience when I was at the Damasuka Meditation Center with Bonte Vilmoranzi um, when I was learning TWIM, like that is their style of meditation. And when you go there and you learn from them, you are learning that style, which is amazing. A lot of teachers do that. You know, they have like their one particular style that they really focus in on that they are, you know, masterful at and they train in that particular style, which is great. I like to take a slightly different approach where I like to learn from these people who have really honed in on like one particular style. And I like to collect different tools from many different styles and then put them together in like a guided meditation that you hear on this podcast. Or if I'm working with someone like one-on-one, I may take some elements of twin meditation or loving kindness meditation, but then I might like mix it in with a little bit of, you know, traditional like mindfulness meditation or like open monitoring meditation, like taking a few different things and blending it together or giving the student a few different a few different tools or techniques to help serve their needs and kind of creating these little custom formulas for each student. Like that's 
how I personally like to do meditation. One, because I think this stuff is so fascinating. Like even if I decided, okay, from here on out, I'm going to be a loving kindness meditation teacher, I would never be able to just give up my love and my interest for learning different techniques from learning from different teachers, exploring different lineages, looking at, you know, the history of different practices, looking at different techniques. Um, one that I actually recently learned that I just added to my course is something called um, Tibet, like reverse Tibetan breathing. And I hadn't explored this one. And it, it's basically you press your belly out when you exhale and you draw your belly in when you inhale. So you're reversing um, with your stomach basically the motion of breathing. Um, and I, you know, that is a Tibetan practice. And I wasn't really familiar with that one. I recently came across and I was like, this is so good for cultivating not only physical body control, but also cultivating focus and concentration. Because you have to really like dial in and think about what is my abdomen doing while I'm breathing? So even if I decided, okay, this is my style, I'm going to teach this one style forever and ever, I would still be trying to learn. I'm just too curious. I'd be trying to learn all these different techniques and, you know, pull these different skills and get these different tools for my toolbox. So I feel like as I'm collecting these things, and another piece that I feel really strongly about is that even if you're, quote, like a teacher, you need to always remain a student. Like I'm very suspicious of people that try to say like they're the end all be all or like, you know, they're not walking the journey anymore. They've already arrived. I don't, you know, I don't, what is like, quote, the end? What is the end point? When do you know if you've like fully completely arrived? I don't know. And I think that you need to always remain a student because there will always be someone that will have something new to teach you, not just in meditation, but in life as well. There's always something new to be learned, a new perspective to be gained, a new, new tool or technique or even a new, um, you know, anything. Like I think it's important to be a perpetual student. And I think sometimes what makes a really great teacher is someone who is inquisitive and loves to also remain a student because the more that you know as the teacher, then the more you'll be able to help others that are learning from you. Valentine's Day is just around the corner, and this year, forget the impersonal Valentine's Day presents. This year, we are giving the gift of your presence because it's the little things, right? Research shows us that everyday moments of connection are what matter the most in a relationship. And the Paired app, which I recently found and I love it. I've been using it every day. Sends you daily prompts to increase connection and intimacy with your partner. So the Paired app offers these daily questions, games, guided conversations designed from experts that allow you to do something meaningful for your relationship every day. So my husband and I have been using it, and it's so easy for us to just get like in mom and dad mode that sometimes we forget to like connect as partners and as spouses. And so it's really fun to have these daily questions. Like we just got one yesterday that was, um, what is the biggest struggle in your relationship right now? And it was interesting because we each answered totally different things. Both are very valid, but they are very different. It gave such insight into like what's going on in the mind and our hearts of one another. So I really, really 
loved that. And using the app just for five minutes a day helps to build deeper knowledge that allows you and your partner to connect, which I completely, it's its true. I love it. So for a Valentine's Day gift that lasts well beyond the holidays, head to paired.com slash mindful to get a seven-day free trial and 25% off if you sign up for a subscription. Just head to paired.com slash mindful to sign up today. Connect with your partner every day using Paired. A happier relationship starts here. If you care, you pair. So that's kind of like my personal, I guess I um, start, this is what happens when I don't have like, you know, my notes, my bullet points, like when I do like your brain and anxiety, um, we get kind of the, you know, winding fluid freeform episode. But I have always been that way. And I have always loved, I mean, a big piece of it is my ADHD people. And it's like, I just, you know, I want to learn about these different things. I get curious. I go through deep dives. I'm like, oh my gosh, that's fascinating. And I keep adding to kind of my repertoire. So when it came to learning meditation myself, I started a very similar technique. So I'd learned a little bit about meditation and my 200-hour teacher training. And then when I was teaching a lot, I had students ask me about it. And I was like, I know a little, but I do not know enough to feel like I can actually teach you something or feel confident in my teaching. So I very much did like the DIY version of becoming a meditation teacher, which is exactly what made me create a course because the DIY version, it is it is not a streamlined version. It is the long version. And there's a lot of detours. So I did I start re- I started reading a lot of different books. Um, I watched like YouTube videos. I, you know, pulled as much information as I could. And in that deep dive was when I stumbled across the Damasuka Meditation Center, which is where you guys have already heard the story. That's when I, you know, emailed them and I was like, hi, I'm so interested. Like I've read Bonte's books. Like I'm so interested in this particular style. Um, And at the time they said they would do some like online training and I inquired about that. And that's when we were emailing back and forth. And then eventually they invited me to come and stay. And then everyone thought that it was a scam and I was going to get like murdered in the woods. And, you know, it was a whole thing. You guys have heard the story. It was not a scam. It was delightful. I did not get murdered in the woods. It Thankfully, this is not a true crime podcast. Um, but that was where like in my several years at this point of like even reading like yoga journal articles, like I would read something on meditation and learn like one little thing and then I'd like file that away. But never had I experienced something where it was like this deep, immersive meditation experience where like I learned from top to bottom how to do like a particular style of meditation. And that experience was so formative for me. And it really inspired me to then start with, again, what I knew and start sharing like that technique with others. And it just like quenched my thirst a little bit. And then I was like, oh, I'm still really thirsty, like to learn more. So I had that experience and then I finally came back and I was like, okay, I have, you know, really studied this one style. And so I started, you know, sharing TWIM meditation was where I really started or taking TWIM and kind of turning that into like a guided meditation because I felt really comfortable with the visualization, especially because I started in the yoga world. I felt really comfortable doing kind of like a more in-depth shavasana where I would do some guided visualization and do a little bit of like a guided meditation. That I felt comfortable with. So I started doing some guided twin practices and I started teaching some of my private clients who are interested in meditation the foundations of twin. 
But then I was, you know, I wanted to learn more. And I was like, oh, TWIM is a part of loving kindness meditation. So that led me down a different road. And then ultimately, I think it was about a year and a half after I um, studied with Bonte that I did a 300-hour yoga teacher training. And that one really focused on restorative yoga, yoga nidra, and um, more advanced meditation techniques. Like I showed up to that training and I wasn't, I I got a lot out of some of the meditations, um, but it was like, they were out of my league. <laughs> and I, I, we were sitting, you know, for longer, we were doing more intense, like, kriyas and just different different practices, you know, learning longer mantras, things like that. But that's where I was really introduced then all of a sudden to techniques like spinal breathing or like chakra meditation, the use of mantras. And then that springboarded my interest in like mantra meditation. We started practicing senses cycling, which is a big piece of like present moment meditation. And then I was introduced to John Kabat-Zinn, which is, you know, like mindfulness-based meditation. And so the DIY version of becoming a meditation teacher is I just went on this mission and this very windy, lots of detours, lots of ups and downs, like one thing leading to another. And acquiring these different tools, picking up these different techniques and looking for patterns and things. So being like, okay, loving kindness meditation, like that lends itself really well. Or for me, that kind of meshes really well with some mindfulness-based meditation techniques. And so learning what goes well with what, kind of what, um, you know, what complements one another, where are there similarities between the different lineages and how can I start piecing them together and using these different tools based on what my student, because again, I feel really strongly that it's my job as a teacher to meet my student where they're at and to help them on their personal journey, not to look at their journey and say, okay, here's the one solution for everyone. And that's why with this podcast, you know, when people ask, and this isn't to like toot my own horn, um, but when people say like, how do you, you know, we've been doing this for five years. How do you keep coming up with more ideas for meditation practices? And honestly, it's, you know, one, continuing to learn different techniques, but it's also when you learn the foundations of a bunch of different styles and you look for these different patterns, it's easier to remain inspired because you guys know I just pull from my own personal practice and from my own learning and my own study and then just kind of package that up into a guided meditation every week. But if I'm like, okay, you know, I want to put together a morning meditation, I think about the different techniques, the different um, lineages, you know, the different practices that I know. And I'm like, well, what do I like to do in the morning? I'm like, oh, you know what? I like to start by um, doing a check-in or I like to start with um, some senses cycling or I personally like to use the energy of the sun. And I think about, you know, what do I like? What works well for me in the morning? Because I can't really write or share what I don't know. So I think about that and I just start pulling from these different techniques like this little you know meditation library that I've acquired so after years and years of taking this DIY you know windy path I took things from this little meditation library that I had built up and at a certain point this is like the real real of it because this was before I just started calling myself a meditation teacher and 
there is no, and I don't say that to like discredit and be like, you know, I would never do that and just like wake up one day and start telling people like, oh, I'm a labor and delivery nurse because I just like read a book about it and then woke up one day and was like, you know, you guys know what I'm saying. But the thing that's tricky about becoming a meditation teacher, especially like 10 years ago, is that there isn't like an end-all be-all. It's not like when my husband went through medical school and then he took his boards and then he like graduated and had this big thing that was like, you can now be a doctor. There's nothing like that for meditation, which is another reason why I ended up creating my own course. And I'll, I'll talk about kind of, you know, accreditations and things like that because it's changed a little bit. But it's hard. Like there's such a wide variety of information out there and, you know, different um, qualities of trainings and courses. And I really struggled with that because and, – and I'm sure this is the same in, in every field, right? If you're taking like a continued ed training, some are like awesome and you feel like you get a lot out of it. And some of them you're like – Eh, did it, you know, not not the greatest. I think that's pretty standard across most fields. But 10 years ago, there was no like, this is what you do. You fill out this piece of paper, you fill out this application, you do this thing, and then boom, you're a meditation teacher. I just started teaching meditation and I started doing it long enough that I was like, well, I guess I'm a meditation teacher now. And I started calling myself a meditation teacher. Like, Two years after starting this podcast, I was like, oh, I guess I'm a podcaster now. Um, that really was the energy of it. And I don't want anyone to panic to be like, oh, no, I've been listening to Kelly for years. And she doesn't even have like a real piece of paper that says she could. I do have the pieces of paper that say I can do it now. But that this just didn't really exist. Or at least I couldn't find it when I was trying to become like I wanted like a meditation training that was like, okay, you take this and there's these modules and then I'll teach you how to, you know, become a teacher and tell you different options for like how to create meditation services. Like I was yearning for that and I couldn't find it. So I just started doing the DIY version. But what was kind of cool about that is that I ended up developing my own kind of unique style. Not that no one else is doing guided meditations, but, you know, it's very easy now, after years of doing it, like you guys could probably pick out, you know, a meditation that sounds like a mindful in minutes meditation out of a lineup because I've sort of developed my own voice as a teacher, which I think you should, um, because I had to really take this kind of DIY option. So since then, I've done, you know, more trainings. I've definitely made it more official. Um, in terms of like being a meditation teacher. But to this day, there isn't like one, like it's not like, like I said, like the medical board or um, my massage therapists out there. Like I know you guys have a really rigorous um, kind of like accreditation process or anyone like law school, things like that. Nothing like that really exists where there's like one end all be all. You need to register with so-and-so for meditation. Now, I say that for two reasons. One, because, you know, full transparency, it's like it's hard to, um, you know, it's just there isn't really that. And so I say that we're not that like every meditation teacher, you know, take with a grain of salt, but like always trust your gut because it is kind of a thing where, where you know, and I did it at first. I was like, well, I've been teaching meditation for a few years. I guess I'm a meditation teacher now. And that's kind of how I started. But it's changed since then, taking more trainings, definitely made it much more official. 
And in that process, and anytime I create a course or a training, it's usually me creating what I wish I had when I wanted to teach that. Um, Because similar with like Yoga Nidra, I did do a lot of that in my 300-hour yoga teacher training. Like we did a lot of practice and a lot of theory around it. But there wasn't like this cut and dry, like, and then these are the steps, and then you teach this, and then here's some techniques for this step, and then this step goes to this kosha. And one of my favorite things to do is to go on my little, like, ADHD, happy deep dives, you know, pulling in all of this information, and then taking, you know, all of this information, some of which is really useful, some of it is, like, not useful, and a lot of it kind of falls in the middle, Taking the pieces, it's like the, you know, the TLDR, what do you need to know if I was starting all over? Like, what are the essentials that I would need to know in order to share this practice with others? I love like just diving deep into something and then pulling out the most relevant bits, pulling out the pieces that are like, don't skip this, you need to know this, and putting it together in a training or a course and being like, this is you know, from my experience and my knowledge, like, this is what you need to know in order to share this, right? In order to share and lead a restorative yoga class or a yoga nidra practice or be able to start teaching meditation. This is what you need to know. Selling a little or selling a lot, whatever you are selling, Shopify helps you do your thing. However, you cha-ching, you like that there? (laughs) Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business from the launch your online shop stage to the real life store stage all the way to oh my gosh did we just hit a million orders stage whatever stage you're at Shopify is there to help you grow whether you're selling meditation books or artisanal goat milk soap Shopify helps you sell everywhere from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. And one of the things that I personally love about Shopify is that no matter how big you want to grow, it's going to help you with everything that you need to take control of your business, make it yours, and then bring it to the next level, which is so important, especially when you put so much heart and soul into your business. Plus, Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S., which is amazing. And its award-winning help is here to help support your success every step of the way. So sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash mindful, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash mindful now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash mindful. If there are two things that are for certain in my life right now, it is that one, I'm really trying to prioritize the food that I put in my body because I know what I feed myself. I end up feeding baby poppy. And two, I do not have a lot of time. And even if I have aspirations of having these great balanced 
meals, sometimes I just do not have enough time to follow through on that, which is why I'm so happy that I have discovered Factor. And Factor makes these delicious, ready-to-eat meals. They're fresh. They're never frozen. They're chef-crafted, dietitian approved and they're ready to eat in just two minutes. So they are perfect for me on those really busy mom days when both kids are going crazy. And they're perfect for my husband when he has long shifts at the hospital. He doesn't really get a meal break, so he can just pop one in the microwave and it's ready in just two minutes. And I love that they are no fuss, no mess meals, and they're good. They're really good. Plus, you can customize your weekly meals with flexibility so you can get as much or as little as you need. We need different amounts on different weeks, and so this is perfect for us. Plus, they have more than 60 add-ons every week, like breakfast, on-the-go lunches, snacks, beverage. So it really is just perfect for us. So head to factormeals.com slash inminutes50 to use code inminutes50 to get 50% off your first month plus 20% off your next month. That's code inminutes50 at factormeals.com slash inminutes50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box while your subscription is active. And the reason that I bring all of this up now is because, like I said, I totally, for the last like month or so, probably like six weeks or so, I decided that I wanted to do an overhaul because I initially released my meditation teacher training. It was a 30-hour course, and I'd been teaching it in person, and then I took it online like five years ago. And I am just not the same meditation teacher now that I was five years ago. I know more now. I I mean, I kind of think as I should. Um, I've acquired more knowledge. I've, you know, I've taken more trainings. I've practiced a lot more. I've dabbled in the own little deep, dark depths of my mind and my meditation practice and all of that. I've done way more of that over five years. And so I was like, it's time for a revamp. Like I know more. And again, you guys know I've probably said like four times already, it is my job as a teacher to give others tools for their toolbox. And another reason why I started doing a teacher training specifically was, you know, the big one was I wanted to create what I wish I had when I was starting this journey, especially as like a jumping off point to get like this really strong foundation in the practice of meditation and to understand the foundations of many different styles, because I feel like that is the way that you can best serve your students is like knowing a lot of little things and then putting that together to create these very customizable practices for your students. So not only was I creating what I wish I had, I also wanted to create something that I felt like was well-rounded and all-encompassing for someone who is going to call themselves just like a general meditation teacher. And I wanted to create something that um, even if people wanted to take it and didn't want to become a teacher, but they wanted to take a deep dive in meditation, that that was applicable to them as well. And I wanted to do it in a way that was easy for people and succinct and approachable and, you know, affordable and doable for people. That's always been something that I have aimed to do as best as I can is to make my teaching, you know, those, all of those things. So what I've been doing for the last five years is opening up enrollment twice a year. You guys have heard me talk about it. It's been with me for a while. Um, you know, doing the wait list, filling the wait list, and then any spots that are remaining, you know, filling people um, from that who want to teach. 
With the revamp, I have decided to make it open. Um, you can enroll. There is like a max amount of enrollment. So if you ever go to like join the course and you can't join it, it's because, you know, it's it's closed because and I'll talk about what's in it in a moment and why I picked all those things. But I, I personally review everyone's final project and I can only do so much of those. So if for some reason, I mean, you know, that would be great. It is my dream to just like share meditation with the world. Um, you know, it's at max capacity. It will, you know, stay closed for a little bit until it opens again, you know, once I've reviewed some of those projects um, because I never want to overwhelm myself so much that I can't be present for my students. So that's sort of my background, just like my personal, you know, how I became a meditation teacher, what's changed over the last 10 years, which is a lot. Um, And so I want to explore, I want to just talk about the different modules that are in meditation teacher training, the new meditation teacher training. And I want to talk about why I included each one. Because like I said at the beginning of the episode, I feel like you can learn so much about a teacher by looking at what they feel like is essential and like what a teacher needs to know. To me, that's like, you know, looking at a peek behind the curtain and like what, and, and not to say that one is better or worse but it's kind of you know like for anyone who works like in the medical space at least I I hear this from my husband but like if you look at someone else's notes right like they're taking about like a patient like you can learn a lot about someone by looking at that or if you're like a teacher if you look at another teacher's lesson plan you can like learn a lot about them so this like meditation teacher training curriculum is like basically looking at my lesson plan and I want to talk about why I picked what I picked. So this training, and I'm talking from here on out, I'm talking about the new expanded one, which as of today, when I release this, it is open for enrollment. Um, I'll talk about that, you know, at the end, because if you want to stick around for that, you can, if you're like, I just want to hear about, you know, what it takes to become, a, you know, you guys can check out when you want to check out. Um, but if you want to hear about like, you know, enrollment bonuses, the process, all of that, like stick to the end. So my syllabus, it looks like this. So there's 10 modules. The first module, that is your standard like welcome introduction. It's very much like welcome to the course. Here's your manual. The manual is still mostly the 30-hour manual. And then I'll tell you which parts I've added since then. Um, I've added like new PDFs and things like that that you can then continue to add and make like the manual bigger. Um, but anyone that's, you know, joining or enrolling like this week as this is released, like it still says 30 hour. Um, but it's because you'll see as you go through it, there's like new pieces that you can continue to add to your manual. So as the manual, you know, how to get the most out of this course. There's like, you know, a gear guide if you're looking for like you know, a meditation cushion. Like I just kind of show you what I personally use. Um, And then there's also like a guided practice in there to really set the tone, set intention, kind of open yourself up. So that's your standard. Welcome. Come on in. Let's get started. Um, Module. Then module one, this is like a big beefy one. It's a it's it's you know, it's 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 a big mama. It is the big mama foundations of meditation module because when I was designing this, I was like and I, I do this a lot in my trainings. We always start with what I call foundations, which is like the actual found like what is meditation? 
even if you know this stuff, because anyone who takes a training with me, I want us to all start on the same page and have a strong foundation. When you're learning a new skill, when you're taking a training, it's like building a house and you have to start, you know, you can't start with the interior design. You have to start with like laying a strong foundation. So any training you take of mine, that first big chunk is always going to be foundations. So module one, foundations of meditation, um, you know, there's just a lecture on like the foundations of meditation. We talk all about the history of meditation, like how to set up your practice, um, how to find a meditation position that works for you, different meditation positions that you can use with your students. There's anatomy in this module. So the anatomy of meditation. Um, There's also um, different like checklists and PDFs. There's a how to deal with distractions workshop. Like this is the like big, like 101 foundations, history, anatomy, the what you need to know before you even talk about teaching this or before you even learn your first technique, foundations right there. That is, and it's, you know, it's a, it's a big old beefy module. I like module one. I like them all, but module one, I like it. Then we're going into module two, which is where you learn your first two breath techniques, or sorry, first two meditation styles. You'd think I didn't even like write this thing myself. (laughs) So this whole course is basically foundations. And then I teach you like eight different styles because as you heard, it's my philosophy. And the way that I personally like to teach is I like to pull from different styles to create these well-rounded practices and different students are going to need different things. So of course, if you listen to this podcast, you're probably a big fan of guided meditations, which is a later module. But like when I work one-on-one with someone or I'm on retreat with someone and I'm working closely with them, they may be someone who's really desiring, like may really benefit from like a present moment or a mindfulness meditation, or they may really benefit from like a walking meditation. And in this course, I teach you how to know like what style is best for like what type of person or what type of goals or potential like outcomes. So module two is the first two techniques that you learn. Why do I keep calling them techniques? Styles that you learn, which is breath awareness meditation and present moment meditation. So anytime there's a module that are styles, these are going to include, you know, the foundations of that particular style. Um, there'll be, you know, a big video lecture around it, around um, how you teach it, how you practice it, different variations on it, um, you know, anything else that you need to know about that particular style, like who that style is good for, what type of a student tends to really, you know, progress, how you can take like a breath awareness meditation and apply it to a different style. And a lot of times when I couple these things together, it's because they work well together, like breath awareness and present moment meditation work well together. So you learn them in the same module. Um, And then module three is all guided meditation. So that is, I mean, that is a a big, I keep calling all of these modules like, you know, the big ones are, I mean, they're all pretty big. It's 40 hours, right? So, so the modules are, you know, there's a lot in there, but module three is all guided meditation. So it's like, what is a guided meditation? How do you write guided meditations? How do you lead guided meditations? How do you come up with different like descriptive words? How do you come up with ideas for guided meditations? There's a lot of sample audios and PDFs in this one, but it is like hours and hours of guided meditations. How do you come up with them? How do you create them? What are the benefits of them? How can you weave them into different things? It's all guided meditations. 
And the thing that's cool about guided meditations, as you hear on this podcast every single week, is that I can take any style or any technique that I know and I can't, like a guided meditation is just a practice that is being led by a guide, more or less. So I can make a guided meditation around any of these styles or any of these techniques that I know or that you learn in this course. And so that particular module isn't necessarily like, you know, these are the topics for guided meditation, but it's like, here's how you create one out of pretty much anything. So then module four, we have um, manifestation meditation, mantra meditation, and then also intention. So you start with manifestation meditation. So again, foundations of it. How do you teach it? What's important about it? Um, you know, how do you practice it? Like what kind of a student's going to benefit from it? Then you go into mantra meditations. Like what is a mantra? How do you utilize mantras in meditation? How do you do a standalone mantra meditation? How do you teach it? You know, all those things. Um, and then this module ends with work on the power of intention and how you can use intention to elevate the practices that you're already doing. And the great importance of intention and also some work on like how you can use this intention work like in a guided meditation or you can use it in other modalities. Um, and then there's some fun things in here, you know, some bonus like workshops and things of like how to find your soul's mantra or how to craft your personal mantra, um, you know, some PDFs, things like that, like different workshops on intent. There's There's a lot of fun things in there. Then module five is loving kindness meditation, walking meditation, and forgiveness meditation. Forgiveness meditation is one of the styles that I've added um, in the expanded version of it. So this used to just be loving kindness and walking meditation. I've added forgiveness meditation into this module. So it starts with, um, I believe you start with TWIM, Tranquil Wisdom Insight Meditation. You start there, you know, my, my first love. And, you know, again, history, foundations, how do you practice it? How do you teach it? What, you know, what do you need to know about this? Who does this resonate with? Um, then you do the same with walking meditation because I was first introduced to walking meditation from twin meditation. So you do twin first and use that as a jumping off point to then talk about walking meditation. Like, why do we practice it? How do you teach it? Is it really meditation? Because some people will say, oh, that's just a mindfulness walk. It's not, you know, meditation. All of those things we talk about. And then at the end, um, what, you know, I recently added forgiveness meditation because you can use a similar framework and foundation of loving kindness and twin meditation and apply it specifically to forgiveness. So that's like a new element in this expanded one. So forgiveness meditation is in there as well. So then those are, that's what, you know, one, two, three, uh, four, five, six, seven, eight different styles of meditation where you learn, you know, you really do a deep dive in them um, across the first five modules. Then the sixth module is just the teacher. It's all around now flipping gears, going into the foundations of teaching meditation. And something that comes up, at least, some, you know, something that I hear from people as I'm going through this Sometimes people are like, they tell me, they're like, you shouldn't tell people like what's in your course. Like what if people take your idea or they replicate your course, which like honestly people have done. Um, it happens. But the reason that I bring this up now is because something that you learn in this teacher module, 
you learn a lot. But two things that really stand out to me that I learned on my teaching journey is one, there is a teacher for every student and a student for every teacher, but not every teacher is for every student and vice versa. And two, the importance and not just like I could hand you a piece of paper and say, okay, this is how you teach forgiveness meditation. Or I could hand you a script, which is not, I mean, that's not a bad thing. Like you absolutely can take a script and like read it. But if you're really wanting to elevate that and become, instead of like leading a meditation, you want to like teach a meditation, you really have to learn how to create like your own unique style, develop your voice as a teacher, look at like your philosophy, like what do I believe in? What kind of a teacher do I want to be? And that's really what this, you know, module six is all about, the teacher, right? You know, the foundations of teaching. How do you create a great experience for your students? Um, You know, there's a workshop in there about like, you know, kind of creating your own personal style, um, how to avoid a lot of common like pitfalls, meditation teachers, teaching groups versus private sessions, online teaching, finding your voice, you know, all of these things in there. And then when people are like, well, Kelly, you shouldn't like be so clear about what's in every module. People are going to copy it. Like I said, they have. Um, you know, people send me links and they're like, this looks really familiar to your, you know, whatever, to your course. And like, they say imitation is the highest form of flattery, but I also like, I don't, I mean, it's annoying mostly, you know, it irritates me a little bit because like, I know the heart and soul that I put into this course. And then it kind of feels like, oh, you're just, you know, taking the easy way out. But I'm really not that bothered by it because like, you could take this exact same outline and you could kind of make like your version of it, but it will never be the same as, you know, this thing that was created from my mind. Or like if you're creating something, like if 100 people went through this course and then we all had to create a guided meditation around self-love, we would all create something different and it would be so beautiful and unique to the teacher that was sharing it. And to me, like that's where really taking those tools from your toolbox, like that's where you really shine is not only, you know, do you have these tools or you have the full toolbox, like you know how to use them and you use them in your unique way for success. So like I really don't get that bent out of shape about it um, because it's not, it will never be the same as like something that you've personally created from your heart space. So then module seven, so module six, the teacher, it's all about like putting all the stuff together that you've learned in the first five modules and like how do you go from being a meditation practitioner to like a teacher and stepping into that role. Module seven is completely new. So I added two fully new modules. I expanded on almost all of them and then added two new modules, which is advanced techniques. So this is one where I was like, I have, I know way more techniques than I used to know. And I wanted to put them together in their own module. So this module really looks at like advancing your students' practice. Um, It looks at, you know, advancing your own personal practice. And then there are seven advanced meditation techniques that you learn here that you can use for yourself, you can use in your teaching, and then seven advanced breath techniques that are in here. Because I wanted to also build out kind of the breath work component of this course as well. Um, There's also a deep dive um, on chakra meditation here as well, because that's one of your advanced techniques, but uh, that one could almost be its own module. It isn't. It probably never will be, Um, but there is definitely um, some more teaching on like how do you meditate with the chakras in that advanced technique. So that module is brand new. 
And then module eight is brand new. So this module is all about like marketing and meditation and business. So there is, you know, if you're going to be a teacher, you need to have someone be like, well, I don't know, like how much do you charge as a meditation teacher? Like what are different ways that I can take what I've learned in this course and turn it into a business? Or where do I find my first job as a meditation teacher? Like how do I, what are like bare bones of a meditation business? Um, you know, there's a there's a lecture in there talking all around kind of money and meditation, which is something that, you know, there's a lot of, um, I don't know, like discord, I guess, around. Um, should you be charging for meditation? Should you not be charging for meditation? You know, I explore all of that. I really believe in financial transparency, being really honest, like, again, giving my students what they need to succeed. So if they're going to try to go and be a meditation teacher, they know, like, generally what to expect like how much is you know of course it's like a range it depends on where you are but like how much to charge for a private session or a group class or if I approach a yoga studio what do they usually pay like those types of things um you know there's all sorts in there kind of around like business and marketing and like the behind the scenes being a meditation teacher and like you know the nuances of that so that's a fully new module. Um, and then the final module is the final project. Um, so that is where you, in order to quote, like complete this course, you have to do a final project. And basically what you do is you teach for 30 minutes. There's very specific parameters that I give you, but you do like a teaching practicum for 30 minutes. You film it, you send it to me. I'm the one that reviews it and I send back feedback, um, you know, assuming it's all good, which like it almost always is. Um, I send your certificate because you do get a certificate that says, you know, I've I've done it. Um, this particular course, you can get continued ed credits uh, with Yoga Alliance, also with, with IMA, IMA, I-M-M-A, which is one of those kind of mindfulness-based um, accreditation bodies. Um, there's a lot of group fitness um, certification spaces that take this particular course for continued ed hours. And I walk you through that process too of like, if you're taking this course for continued ed hours in different like industries or fields, like this is usually what that process looks like, you know, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I do also have a bonus module that I am offering for anyone who signs up um, through the end of February. So if you're listening past the end of February, I'm really sorry, uh, it's not there anymore. This part has disappeared. But there is a bonus module about leveling up your teaching. Um, I teach you how to do like virtual retreats. Um, I teach you how to, if you're a yoga teacher, I teach you how to weave meditation into your yoga classes, um, how to create workshops out of ideas, like that type of stuff. Um, there's also a full virtual retreat replay in there for you. So anyone who is joining from um, now until the end of February, I'm including that bonus module as well. Um, but yeah, that is that is that. I The reason that I designed this the way that I did is I really wanted it to reflect my own personal teaching philosophy and style. I also, like, the thing that makes me feel really good after people take this course and students take this course and then, you know, we, we talk after their final project is when they feel so set up for success and they feel like when they've completed this thing, they're like, oh my gosh, you know, I either have such a deeper understanding of meditation, even if they don't want to teach, or they're like, 
I feel like I could, you know, I'm still working out the kinks, but like I could start teaching meditation tomorrow. And it makes me feel so happy to hear that from people because like I said, it took me a really like years and years and years taking the DIY version and scouring through a lot of, you know, good information. Also a lot of like, eh, not that good information. And I love pulling out like the most relevant bits, putting them together, packaging them up with this little bow and then hand delivering and being like, here, if you are feeling called to become a meditation teacher or to really dive deep into your practice, um, this is, in my opinion, what you need to know in order to um, take that journey and get started. Uh, this course is all done at your own pace. It's all online. You can do as much or as little as you want. Um, you have indefinite access. So um, if you've already taken this course, you should be looking in your email inbox because they've sent you information of basically like how to switch over to the new version if you want. Um, but yeah. That is that. If you have any other questions, I'll link all the information in the show notes. You can also head over to my website, yogafuelonline.com. But I figured, like, we never have really talked about this in five years of, like, what is my teaching philosophy? Um, why did I create this course? Like, what I think is important and relevant and what's changed over the last five years? Because I've changed, so this course has changed. And I'm really excited about this new extended process. Um, so yeah. So if you're feeling called, go check it out. Uh, like I said, I'm going to keep enrollment open beyond the normal enrollment period. Um, but if it does fill up to max capacity, I will close it for a while. Um, so if you go and you look at the website and it says like waitlist only, make sure you get on that waitlist because then I'll start inviting people like as spots open up because I never want to take on so many students at a time that I'm not able to be there for my students. Also, I do um, office hours in this training once a month. Um, so we do like calls and we can talk about, you know, continue learning, answer your questions, all of that. And I never want it to become like so full that I don't feel like I can serve my students that are currently in the course. So I think that's it. I think that's all I have to say on the matter. Thank you so much for listening and tuning in. Long freeform episode, um, but it's really fun for me to share kind of this, you know, special little thing. It looks like Pork Chops is starting to wake up from his nap, so it must be time to wrap it up. And if you're still here, thank you for being here. I appreciate you. Thank you for listening. I hope you have a beautiful, wonderful day. Go check out that course if it's calling to you. If not, then just remember, always be a student and um, that I appreciate you. <laughs>